This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good morning, good <laughs> afternoon, however it applies. For what will be your Wednesday edition of Locked On Browns, continue to roll on through here. Uh, combine week, you know, uh, we got to hear from Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry here today. We'll get to some of that. Um, some always fun Browns media stuff. We've got the secondary preview ahead of the combine. Got last two picks of the uh, pre-NFL combine mock draft. Your host, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com. Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories. Cleveland Browns wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. First things first, Pete, um, I didn't get suspended from any job today. Um, I don't think you got suspended from any job today. Um, look, you're going to keep beating a dead horse and continue to try to do this type of stuff. Eventually, you're going to end up biting your own self in the ass. And that's what happened here today. Um, so, you know, obviously, uh, his he apologized for his choice of words um which is fine but it it doesn't and and if you if you read uh what he set out it's it doesn't he doesn't get it um it's not that he specifically called baker mayfield what he did and and apologized for to that community and everything it's even in that scenario he's like um almost trying to, you know, like making it sound like this is partially Baker Mayfield's fault. Or like they're equals, for God's sakes. um, Yeah, well, what have you. But but this whole thing is caused by, uh, by, by his unwillingness to sort of get over this. And Clearly doesn't think he's good. Clearly thinks he, he, he screwed up. This is somebody who, who said they would retire uh, if the Browns picked him, uh, among other things. And, and in that scenario, Baker Mayfield was the bigger man. Uh, and in this scenario, it only furthers the, the notion that Baker Mayfield looks like the bigger man because you, you have somebody who clearly actively dislikes uh, the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns and covers him. And we'll go into the media, and then when said quarterback sort of calls him on his shit, even though he's not actually doing anything, like you know the, the you know, grossy complaint that uh, for 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 quote unquote targeting him when all he said was you know hi Tony how are you like this is the, the, this is where that stuff looks to be exactly what it was, which is hollow, which was self-serving and ultimately just fake and i think that's the bigger issue and why there are a number of people who were dancing on uh, you know his proverbial grave in this scenario and i don't know what's ultimately going to happen he's suspended for the time being um but you know that's ultimately good karma broadcasting decision to make but this is sort of the lingering issue and you have uh, a generational issue there you also have you know, quite clearly, a, a, you know, in this scenario, you have a, a radio station that's trying to negotiate the rights uh, for the Cleveland Browns. And, yeah. you know, 
they may need you to fire him in order to even consider that. We'll, we'll see if that ultimately happens, but it, it's, it's, it's apologizing for getting caught. It's not apologizing for what he thinks because clearly he still thinks it. Um, and look, we've gone over this and we've danced this dance a million times. Um, if you're going to do this and you're going to be in these rooms, um, how do the players end up appreciating you? A, by giving well-thought-out quality questions. B, by never pretending that you were on the same stage. And he's done this time and time again. You were never going to be on the same stage as the franchise quarterback. Um, he tries to make it like he's the only media member in the room. And like, you know, Baker Mayfield needs him to do his job to get along with the media, which he doesn't do. Um, the joke of this all um, was the fact that he was sitting down with Rizzo and they're trying to, I mean, Pete, we have these debates every stinking day on Twitter with people over, oh, well, this is a quarterback they didn't get. This is a quarterback they didn't get. This is a quarterback. These guys literally had to sit down and it was, I mean, I was waiting for somebody to break out a pen and paper to remember Wentz, Mahomes, Watson. It's like, seriously, guys? And now Burrow, who's never taken an NFL snap. I mean, and everything is, and, and what that even showed, other than the statement that Tony made, which he looks like an absolute idiot, is is these guys just want to bitch and complain. You're at the combine. Can we talk about what this new regime is going to do to take this team that went 7-8-1 and one to 6-10 and 10 to get this team to play a stinking game in January? Can we talk about the four offensive tackles, please, who all measured in like freaking behemoths? Can we talk about that? And then poor Aaron Goldhammer looking at the camera, trying to like not tell, like didn't want to have to be the guy to say, hey, that's on. And he's got like that, oh, fudge from the Christmas story moment, Pete, where, and then you see, you know, obviously Rizzo, Rizzo look over and like think something can be undone now. No, gentlemen, you open Pandora's box and this is where you're all at. Well, and that's, you know, the, again, that, that company has to make a decision on where they're ultimately going to go from here, uh, you know, with this, it, whether they look at this as sort of an opportunity to sort of pivot in a new direction or, you know, if they're basically going to get through this and, and stay with what they were doing. Um, it's, you know, it's not my, I, I don't care, but, you know, that's, to me, I think they, they make uh, easier for me to do my job because you know the, the, that particular style is is serving you know a, an age group that's largely dying off. Um, and, yes, my age group. Yes, and you know <laughs> they are sort of you know making themselves no longer you know they're basically their business is going to die by virtue of the fact that they haven't they're not pivoting to go to try to capture a younger audience which is already difficult on terrestrial radio and they've basically gone the complete opposite way and i don't know where that goes for them but again i, I you know it's one of those things where you know i don't want to pile on uh, a guy for making a, a mistake uh in terms of getting caught and, and doing you know this and getting caught on, on on tape saying it i'm more of the overall attitude of a guy who's been clearly this way for years and people have defended it and you know there's still some out there defending it even the comment itself which was puzzling but uh yeah it's you know 
it's just another sort of it's another trip. If Deadspin was still around, he'd be on Deadspin. Lacking Deadspin is he's taking another trip on awful announcing, which is I think ultimately why uh, Good Karma Broadcasting came out and said what they said. I don't think if it got, didn't get picked up by a place like that, it would have, and they just sort of moved on. But uh, once it went up there, it was not soon after that uh, you know the announcement came out, and and, and that's where they're at uh, trying to figure out what to do next. And look, I mean, A, we're thankful. Um, but because of folks like that, that's why a lot of you come here. I greatly appreciate it. That's why a lot of people, a lot of you folks flock over to Pete's work over at sportsillustrated.com. And, but look, I mean, and this is the problem with it all. You're at the combine. Even whatever, if if you always got that Baker axe to grind because you know hate reads count the same as any other read, you're at the combine. You got a completely different job to do. This is why you're sent there. And that's that's the part that chaps my ass, so to speak. Spent way too much time on this, more than I wanted to. But again, this it shouldn't be this way. Do your job. Adapt. And ESPN, hire some people maybe that would have went into the combine and know what the hell to do and exactly how to do it. And Jeff Risden, thanks for that tweet today because that must have been a totally awkward scenario when – so-and-so realized that, you know, his goose was cooked and obviously the higher-ups wanted to speak to him and wanted to speak to him immediately. We'll get on through here. Uh, we'll get a couple th- uh, thoughts from Pete here on uh, Coach Stefanski and Andrew Barry speaking. Get to the defensive backs. Get to the last two picks of the mock. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith here on Lockdown Browns. Apparel, everybody's in the business in Cleveland. Um, if you don't want the quick you know, hashtag stuff or something that became trendy. And I'm sure the more, you know, the Jesus Tony t-shirts are probably out in full force again. Zabel Apparel. They do it strictly for the love of the franchise, the love of the city. Uh, Craig and his family, obviously Craig is a former veteran. He's got two kids serving the armed forces. Now Um, they stress family, him and his family. They go to away games, always present at home games. Uh, put out a quality product, the T-shirts, hand, t-shirts, sweatshirts, they hold up to a wash, put together well. It's not cheap. It's quality um, and comes from the heart because they are deep-rooted Cleveland Cleveland fans, Cleveland Browns fans. ZaboApparel.com, S-Z-A-B-O, Zabo Apparel on Twitter. Check them out on Instagram as well. Huge fans, great people, Zabo Apparel. Now, Pete, we got to – here from obviously you know Andrew Berry, Kevin Stefanski today, and you gauge the room a little bit, and you know getting a message with some folks today. It was a, it was the big thing of the lock in step, you know the lock step between the two of them, watching each other's time at the podium, and basically you know nodding along and just like you know what yes I've heard you say that to me fifteen times already, and the, the same back and forth. You know things like you know Miles Garrett, David Njoku, we we have visions for them being Cleveland Browns for a long long time. But it, 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 to this point, and look, you know, everything in Cleveland, there's been times where things went hooey real quick. That lockstep where, you know, everybody seems to be on the same page for now, almost a month in, so far, so good. Yeah, I mean, uh, they speak largely the same language. They're, you know, Stef- Barry went first, so Stefanski was largely an echo. They, they they look at it slightly differently, but ultimately they come back to the same points and what they're looking for. And they have certain, you know, uh, refrains they'll come back to and, and sort of those other things. But 
Um, now, because they are relatively new to the job, um, you know, and the fact that they've basically been running this thing for a month, there were a few tidbits, um, you know, the, talking about David Njoku was interesting. Um, it certainly sounds like they'd like to keep him around for a while, although it was interesting with Stefanski basically sort of, you know, saying they love what Njoku can do, but also highlighting that it's on him to sort of do it. Uh, and, and some of those things, um, you know, shocker, they, they would really like to keep Miles Garrett around for a few years. Um, <laughs> uh, Joe Schobert, you know, they're saying all the right things. They, they like Joe Schobert. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it sounds entirely a question of can they get the money right uh, for both sides. And, and, and I think you, you read into it what you will. Um, it sounds like, you know, they, they want to make this happen. It's just a question of if they can find, you know, make this work from a numbers perspective. Um, that is remains to be seen. Um, again, uh, the, confirm the notion that uh, they're going to pick up uh, or put a tender on Kareem Hunt. They wouldn't say what level it's going to be an original round tender because it's the only thing that makes sense. Um, so that's largely what uh, went on. They, they did talk, you know, uh, Barry laid out what, you know, what aggressive actually means to him. Uh, Stefanski talked about what, you know, they actually want in an offensive tackle or offensive tackle or offensive lineman in general, focusing on movement skills. They still want to have guys who can, you know, move, move, the, move, uh, move the line of scrimmage and stuff like that. Um, he, uh, Stefanski had an interesting thing sort of, uh, he was led into with talking about Isaiah Simmons and, and the value of versatility and, and what that can do for a team and all those things. So, it's you know not a ton of news was made necessarily at the press conferences, but they were largely you know sort of clarifying or, or more further defining what the, what it is they want to do uh, upcoming. Yeah, I mean I, you know obviously in in the thing with you know, when either one of these gentlemen speak is there's a lot of people in a room going. All right, you lost me with the first sentence because you know e- either one of them threw out an SAT word, which sort of uh, you know has folks scrambling. Um, but yeah, I mean, y- you like what they say, and look, I mean, there's always posturing, and smart people can <laughs> probably make it sound a lot prettier than other people. You know, I mean, they just have the way, and they can soothe you and sell you at the same time with words. Um, which is, it's going to be fun. It's definitely a breath of fresh air as opposed to if you don't wear orange and brown, you don't matter. Um, we'll get in here to the defensive backs, Pete. Um, obviously, we've been over this a ton. Um, the safety cl- the safety group, it's important. Um, the Browns need help at the position. You look at this safety class overall, and it gives you some pause and it gives you some hesitation. If you can go ahead and sign someone, maybe a certain guy out of Minnesota, um, it eases you into this where maybe you can target a specific guy and then you feel a little bit more confident about bringing back, you know, some of your mid-level free agents, give, you know, Sheldrick Gray one another year and boom, all of a sudden you've got yourself a safety room. Um, you're hearing more and more now, obviously, you know, looks like most of the LSU kids have no thought of working out here. And, you know, the more I'm thinking about this and just, you know, not even kicking to here, but 
you know, you talk about primetime workouts on Friday night, primetime workouts on Saturday night. Look, I mean, everyone, and if you listen to the show, most everybody are diehard people. Um, but what was the joy of the combine was is you could kind of coax your significant other to, hey, I'm going to sit around on the couch okay, all day for six, seven hours. But you want to know what? Come nighttime, I'm ready. Let's rip it up. Let's go to dinner. Let's go out. Let's be friends. Have a couple of drinks this year. And with a lot of these big names dropping out and, and not doing anything, and Joe Burrow, another one. I mean, God bless you, Joe Burrow. I mean, you didn't even have to show up, but you did, whatever. Um, it's going to be interesting because if you ain't getting these big names and this is the first time you're doing this, it's going to be interesting if the ratings, you know, are exactly what the NFL is looking for here. Um, but there are some safeties we do like in this class, Pete. Um, it's the question of where they're going to go. And that's the, with this class, the question is, are these guys going to go higher than we're willing to essentially, you know, put a ring on it, you know, whether, you know, Delpit now seems a little more reasonable, Xavier McKinney, Obviously, you know, Antoine Winfield, a player I absolutely love. Antoine Brooks Jr. at Maryland, who's still looking like that early day three, but you can find a role for him specifically. And you always love these guys. Again, Pete, right? Again, right? Market share. What's your job on defense? You should be a guy who makes tackles. He is one of those dudes. Um, You know, Jordan Fuller out of Ohio State. He's played several different safety positions at Ohio State for all you Buckeye folks. So he's there. Um, the safety class, look, you need at least one if you hit on a free agent, but I don't think this is a class where you want to say, okay, we'll go ahead and get two. Sure. Uh, I mean, there's, I, again, I, I, I don't think it's a very strong class, uh, for defensive backs. That doesn't mean there aren't good players. That doesn't mean you can't find good values, uh, but uh, I think it's one of those where you're going to have to, you know, hope it, it sets right. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there's some sort of deserts uh, when it comes to the DBs. Round one, I know a lot of people are trying to talk themselves into, you know, safeties potentially being first-round picks this year. I don't see it. Um, I, I, this might be a class where – one corner goes in the first round, maybe two, maybe three. Uh, and then, you know, I, I, some of these players that, that that are being talked about as early second round picks, I don't know if I believe they're going to go in the early second round. Uh, and, you know, with c- c- kids like Duggar, who I think is more of a linebacker, um, that may fall as, you know, again, fat kids go first. And then, you know, if that's where a run at receiver happens, because the receivers are simply better than the DBs uh, in this class. And, and if that's sort of where this goes, but you know, that's, there's going to be some situations where there's going to be runs and it's really just a question of when, uh, when are they going to make those, you know, those moves and, and guys are going to start coming off the board and, and when, when is it going to just sort of just be just a spot where the, the draft just, these guys just tumble uh, you know, I mean, like, for example, like a guy who some people have ranked highly, Jalen Johnson, is looking to have his third shoulder surgery. Um, you know, that's not a good situation. You've got guys like Christian Fulton, who's got questions to answer. Brent Delpit, who I actually like, um, has, has questions at, at tackling and just, you know, on and on and on. After you get past 
uh, Akuda, you're sitting there going, I mean, you know, if Antoine Winfield, uh, his medical checks out, maybe he'll be firmly planted along there. It seems like a guy who people are trying to scoot up. But again, this is another situation. I don't know where you're going to find, you know, where, where he sort of settles at. But there's a lot of these guys where you're sit, sort of sitting there going, eh. I mean, like Stanford Samuels the third. I mean, okay, they're, they're there, but are, are these the guys you really want to build your team around? And or are they just guys? And I think more and more, I think they're they're more along the lines of just just guys. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. Um, and you know, Stanford Samuels the third came into Florida State with a high pedigree, and interestingly, you know, he found a seminal pick on. Actually, he wouldn't be the one I'd pick on. Um, it'd be the one who didn't get invited to the combine, Lavonta Taylor, who kind of just fell off the map here. Cornerback wise, Pete. Um, you know, for now, Terrence Mitchell is still here. You got to think that's probably bolds well for him. And we're okay with Terrence Mitchell. Um, when he's played, he's played pretty well. Um, brings in a unique length si- size to the cornerback position. Um, it could allow you to do more things with Denzel Ward as Greedy Williams hopefully gets more comfortable, you know, into his role. So I think this is maybe something where you're looking maybe – a nickel guy, and in just in case you know you decide this is not what you want to do with Denzel Ward, um, and this is where there are a couple interesting names. The one I kind of like is um, out of Louisiana State, Amik Robinson. Uh, Robertson, he's an interesting one, but I think that's maybe cornerback wise probably where you're looking. I mean, you got a couple of good special teamers on this team at the cornerback position with Thomas, you know, Jackson when he did play. Yeah, and again, you know, seven draft picks, it's not like you're going to Costco and you can just grab a little bit of everything. You know, you're going to have to maybe find, designate, and, you know, find a way to get that guy, that position in. Um, I don't know if you're necessarily going into this draft looking for something, like, as, as it goes to the Browns, you know, if there's a – a slot corner that makes sense or, you know, you, you know, because that can be, you know, general enough where you, you may find you like a safety fit. A lot depends on what, what you prefer in there. I mean, I think Terrence Mitchell is a very useful corner uh, for the Browns for a number of reasons. Um, the fact that he's cheap, the fact that he can do a lot of different things. Um, you know, that, that's, that's uh that, that that's sort of a question you have to answer. You know, and if they find a good value for a boundary corner that fits what they do late in the draft, I mean, they, they may go ahead and do it. I I just wouldn't rule out the possibility that some Browns come out of this draft with no DBs of any kind because they're just looking at it and going, eh, we'll just deal with it. You know, having dealt with it in free agency or something along those lines. Uh, it's it's entirely possible, um, you know, it, it, and it may not even be a class thing. It just feels that, you know, I mean, if they can get Harris here, which solidifies something, you find a way to keep Burris and Murray. That puts you at four safeties right there. Um, you know, cornerback-wise, you could pick up some sort of mid-level free agent, whatever. You still have Thomas. Um, you have, uh, you know, Lewis last year who, you know, never really got an opportunity to do anything in the seventh-round pick. You still have, you know, uh, Robert Jackson. I mean, you could maybe just say, you know, this is maybe the group we have, and 
couple of undrafted free agents, somebody blows something up and, you know, training camp, maybe they get an opportunity due to an injury or whatever. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because I think there's more, because if you can sign Anthony Harris and if you can get back Burris and you can get back Eric Murray, I mean, you literally have the makings of a starting secondary. So, and what, what's on that flow chart, you know, don't go crazy for depth. So you're not going to go high on it. You'd go undrafted free agent. Somebody pans out. And look, for it's a deep, like we talked about last night, it's a deep group. It's not necessarily a top-heavy group. So there is that. We're going to flow on through here, kick it over, get the last two picks of the mock draft. Uh, you know, just some general thoughts here combine-wise as, you know, kids are starting to talk in, uh, you know, starting to talk. And, you know, apparently Jerry Judy wears a star of David, although he's not Jewish. Uh, you know, just you get to see some of these interesting thing, things from these kids. Your Wednesday edition of Lockdown Browns. Um, with it being Wednesday, um, obviously you get us. We're here almost every damn day. But with Wednesday, you also get that's what B said. Brittany, Bree, Meredith, girls do a fantastic job. They have fun with it. The three personalities flow together. Whether it's on iTunes, whether it's on Spotify, that's what B said. Girls have found their niche, have found their brand. There's now, you know, like gear involved and stuff. Uh, keep rocking it out, ladies. Uh, thrilled to see something that Pete and I were eager to see happen and actually at times pushed for. Um, that's what B said. If you're not listening, you're not subscribed, make sure you change that right now and check out the ladies. Do a fantastic job. We float on through this here, Pete. Um, obviously, two picks to go here. On the clock, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and I know what your first answer would be, Pete, when I would say, what can be the difference from the 49ers to get from being the team drafting 31st to drafting 32nd? Um, so tongue-in-cheek, I'm sure you probably would like to throw a rip there. But San Francisco 49ers, and look, there's some keys here, you know, some questions on defensive line, who you're going to lose. Uh, you know, some, you know, pieces in the secondary, um, everywhere else looks pretty darn good. Um, except, you know, Pete's going to say number 10 in some way, somehow, of course, but maybe that's not going to happen, but Pete, how does San Francisco, what can they add here? So next year when the 49ers are drafting, it's 32, not 31. Well, I mean, based on, uh, what's sort of, you know, set up here. I think the 49ers are ultimately looking to trade down. Um, they don't have a lot of obvious weaknesses. And unless somebody jumps out at them that they absolutely love. Cornerback uh, number two, perhaps. Well, even then, you know, I don't, be, unless they plan on sort of adjusting their, their, their defense, maybe they like a kid like Jeff Gladney from TCU. And that's probably the way I would, I'm inclined to go here. But you know, it also kind of gives you that life after Richard Sherman type of player too. That's actually pretty good, right? I think that's ultimately where this is going to go. Now, having said that, where would I go? I would take a quarterback. I mean, whether it's you know you like (laughs) you know if if it's Jake Fromm, if it's Jacob Eason, one of those type of guys. I, I don't know how you can be the 49ers. You can you can just sort of be like, now we're good with this. So, you know, you're not, you get five years, you get, you know, financial control for a long time and all that. 
Having said that, I, I don't think they are willing to accept that reality. I do think they'll take a quarterback somewhere. It's just a question of where. But in the meantime, I think they, they'll just go ahead and take Gladney from uh, TCU as a corner. Bro, well, it's it's getting weird because you throw these out here. And, guys, like the, trust me, these are 100% on the fly because, I, you know, Pete just knows the draft order. We do it here. But, uh, yeah, I mean, once he says his pick, yeah, because, I mean – you're looking for somebody with maybe some Richard Sherman type ability because it's not going to last forever. Are we kidding here? Uh, with yeah, that, yeah, Drew, say, he didn't ahead. last until the Super. He didn't last until the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it lasts forever. His expiration date was the Super Bowl. I still remember him bitching about his PFF grade on the Monday night game against the Browns when he was getting spun into a blender. And, you know, apparently just because guys were dropping passes, he felt his grade should go up. No, if you don't cover people, you got to cover them, people. 32, the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is kind of scary here, Pete, because normally you would just say, you know what, go ahead, add a little bit more defense here. Um, but Andy Reid and the Chiefs, they just came to see, seem to be like, all right, let's get one more toy. And – it keeps panning out, and you know I think they have a theory of unless you're going to drop forty, we're probably going to get you because that's the way it works right now. And obviously, what seven minutes fifty eight seconds to go? That Super Bowl looked well in hand, and all of a sudden Pat got hot and Bing Bang Bong. Next thing you know, the Forty ers you know, punch drunk in the corner. Like what the hell just happened? We were ready to grab some T shirts and some baseball hats. Chiefs are interesting. Um, you know, obviously there's going to be some losses. The biggest thing for them will be whether or not Chris Jones remains there, and I'm assuming they're going to do everything they can. Um, they're going to get the benefit of keeping Eric Bieniemy as a play caller with Andy Reid with all these weapons. Um, again, they may ne- they don't necessarily have to draft at 32. There may be a team starving to come up and say, "I want a quarterback here to get five years out of it." But you know, the Chiefs this could literally go any way because even if they don't go offense with their first pick, pick there's still the maturation of this offense. And, you know, and everybody a little worried about the money. Well, Sammy Watkins most likely ain't going to be there, which really isn't a big deal because now you got Hardman and you got other guys. It's, it's really well built, really well built right now. So they've got – Option. I mean, they, they, it's not to say they don't have weaknesses because they do. They have a lot of weaknesses. Linebacker is still abominable, uh, and their corners are question marks. You know, they're 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 going to probably lose a bunch of them, um, and I don't know that they have answers to replace them. Uh, but at the same time, they could easily just say, "Eh, we'll get another weapon and and take a guy like Jalen Rager <laughs> and call it a day and just say try and right. stop it." Um, but uh, nevertheless, I think they are going to look at this from the standpoint of uh, one value. And then two, you know, if we're going to get in situations where we're in a shootout, how is that going to play out? So I'll go ahead and and give them, uh, CJ Anderson from, from, uh, Florida, uh, another corner. They are, I mean, their best corner right now is probably Traverius Ward, who had a really nice playoff run. That's not enough. Um, they're obviously going to get Juan Thornhill back, uh, hopefully fully healthy. You know, the time. Beat Smith, Darling. 
but uh, they they just need to keep adding, and and uh, you know they, they need to add, and they need to add with a cost control in mind. So I think that's going to happen. So C.J. Henderson, hat tip, Paul Spencer, and look, Pete's got a million names in his mind. Um, how I remember all this stuff with everything I got going on, I have no freaking idea. Um, Pete, obviously we got weigh-ins today, um, and we've talked about these four tackles. A ton, forever. Um, Makai Becton, I don't know what you want to use. I mean, you know, is he a condo unit? Um, and, it, and it's crazy because, you you know, you look at the listings for Wirfs, Andrew Thomas, and Wills. You're like, oh, that's not bad, which is absolutely 110% prototypical, prototypical size. The one thing with Becton, though, Pete, was the 364. Because there was the rumors – I guess over the last week that the weight was around 359. Now all of a sudden he's here. It's a little five pounds heavier. Um, and we've gone into this. It's the, it's not the question of, you know, how the size plays. It's the, how the size plays for 60 minutes. It's the endurance. It's the stamina. But look, I mean, as far as the first part of this combine scenario for all four of these guys, and look, it's going to be, we're not sure yet. Do they all work out? We'd love for it. If they don't, it's something you got to deal with and you got to, you know, go down the road and obviously chase down to pro days and possibly bring these guys into facilities for private workouts. But boxes checked for the first part. Um, and, you know, these all were mentioned and we heard, uh, you know, I'm not mentioned obviously, but we heard, you know, the coach talk today about what they look for in these type of players. But, you know, of these top four who should be at 10 and Anthony Costanza back to, the Colts, which we all told you six weeks ago, it was going to be Colts or bust. But by all means, run your stupid fluff pieces and mention names that were never going to come here. Again, for the 155th time in Nimrods, just listen and dig deeper before you just push content out without doing any work. So far, so good, Pete, on these four offensive tackles. Well, not entirely. Jedrick Wills measuring in half inch shorter than listed isn't the end of the world, but it does start to make you wonder, you know, I, I think he'll ultimately be fine. I think he'll ultimately be a tackle. The question is, will he go as high as I would prefer, which is basically in front of the Browns. And I don't know the answer to that. Um, as for Mekhi Becton, the problem is uh, several fold. Um, 364 pounds is 364 pounds. And it's not only, you know, he's one meal away from 375. (laughs) Well, but I mean, that's let, let's say he has all the movement skills you want. And I think he will, let's say you you love his ability to, you know, get out and and potentially lead on a toss and and those things. That's fine. Um, But he's still pounding the ground with 364 pounds on his knees, on his ankles, on all those things. Stress on Um, all the joints. And that's, you know, that's just a lot of stress, and that's exhausting. And then it also potentially limits, you know, he may just be a, you know, complete freak of nature, but it, it theoretically limits your ability to go up-tempo. You know, if you want to sort of be able to do those things where you change things up and be able to go really fast. Which know, we've preached with Baker want, Mayfield. You don't want battleships out there that are going to struggle to keep up with that. You want guys who are a little bit lighter. It doesn't mean they have to be, you know, I mean. 305. 
it's insane to suggest that three, 320 pounds is small because it isn't, but I mean, that's, you know, those are closer where you want to be at. You could end up with some guys that are closer to 300 pounds. Um, obviously that's about what JC Treader's at, uh, you know, Betonio's close to that range, but you, you want to be able to go quick. You want to be athletic and you don't want to have to essentially be waiting on, you know, the battleship to pull up so you, you can keep going. So, I think Kai Becton could be a phenomenal player, but I do think he, he he's more of a fit for teams like the Ravens, Tennessee Titans, that, right? That want to wear on you uh, physically, as opposed to teams that sort of want to be able to change up things and go quicker and and and, and ver- use tempo as a weapon. I don't think Kai Becton fits into that uh, very well. And even if you you know, again, this is you're pounding that much weight on those joints and stuff, even if he can do it for the first, let's say he can do that in September. How, how does that feel in December? And maybe he can do that when he's 23. Can he do that when he's 27? You know, those are the things you sort of have to figure out. And that's a really difficult calculus to sort of make with that guy. But ultimately it's why I, you know, I, I don't think they're going to be as enamored with him as everybody else is. Having said that, I'm hoping the Giants are sitting there going, oh, baby, we got to have this dude because this is exactly who we want to be. We want to pound on, on people. We want to give the ball to Saquon Barkley. We don't want to exhaust him, and we want to be able to do those things. So for those reasons, I, I, I'm hoping that the Giants are sitting there for and going, we love Mekhi Becton, or they don't care that Jedrick Willis is maybe a, a little shorter than ideal and that they, they, they like his style. And look, it's not even like the physical – and there's also, I mean, there's the, you know, the other stuff that goes into it with that amount of weight. And it's a lot of it is you know, medical as well, you know, organs and that type of stuff. And look, don't know the kid from Adam, but, you know, it's it's going to be really tough to keep himself at a solid playing weight. I love the tape. I, I cannot lie. I absolutely love the tape. But that 364 today, for me, definitely gave me some hesitation because it was 359. I mean, you were hoping more. You were hoping less than three fifty nine. You weren't hoping a little bit north of three fifty nine. And yes, it's six seven and change. I get it. I do. I one hundred percent get it. But definitely. Well, look. If, if you want to look at look at Zion Williamson and you know in the NBA, and obviously you know it's a different deal. But you know the second can we get him? Hurt, <laughs> the second he got hurt, everything was talking about well, he's he's too heavy, and that's just. His his freakish strength and all those things, it's just the, the amount of pounding he's putting on his joints and those things. It's not different with Mackay Beckton. The difference is instead of jumping, somebody else is trying to pound on him and put that stress on it. So it's just one more thing to sort of think about in terms of, you know, wear and tear and those type of things. Well, and if he pancakes somebody, but pancakes somebody who ends up rolling into his own legs, yeah. I mean, there's... I get you, and yeah, I, I'll be honest, Pete. It's more and more the signs are pointing to a certain fella from Iowa. I'm not gonna lie to you, um, but Pete, you get to hear these interviews, and they're fun. And you know, obviously, Jerry Judy wears the star of David because his nickname is Jew. Nobody's knocking anybody here. Judy, yeah, I guess you would call him Jew. Are you gonna call him Jude? Um, I don't think anybody at that age even knows what Hey Jude is, so I'm assuming that's <laughs> wouldn't be a nickname for him. But you see this, you know, and these kids talk and, you know, Stephen Sullivan, you know, again, the kid from LSU. I mean, you talk about periods of growing up where you and your brother were forced to live under a bridge because that was the best freaking option. 
and you, you start to feel for these kids and you, you like, you feel bad for them, but you also feel excited for them because they're going to get themselves into situations where their lives are just going to be extremely better than they have been for 21, 22 years, whatever it may be, which is part of all of this. You know, it, it, it's good that the NFL does this and everybody kind of gets to see these kids and learn a little bit more about them. Um, and Jalen Hurts, no, I, I'm a quarterback, which which is which you should tell everybody, you know, especially now with the way the NFL and some of these teams are doing things. There is a home for Jalen Hurts to be a quarterback. That's fine. And you just you start to grow with it. And, and Joe Burrow up there confident. And look, I mean, is he maybe thrilled about going to Cincinnati? Cincinnati? Who knows? But he wants to go number one overall. It's good for him that he's got family close. You know, he wants to make it all work, but it's fun to start seeing this. And you see these kids differ from the college, you know, kids with the correct answer to every question. And now it's, you know, I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to make a boatload of money playing the game that I love. Uh, sure. I mean, I, I think yeah. we, there was one one Jewish guy who was offended by Jerry Judy, and even that felt weak. Uh, on that, and uh, some of the stuff that gets said on this is interesting. You find guys that are interesting, and, and, and occasionally that can, uh, you know, on one hand, it can help you sort of inform where, where people are coming from and those type of things. On the other hand, if you like a guy, may you may artificially want him, uh, even though you probably shouldn't. So it's always trying to compartmentalize where those things are going. Uh, but yeah, it's always interesting to see where some of these people are coming from and 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 get you know more than just a helmet. So there's some interesting things that can go on with this type of stuff. It's, and it's part of the process. Obviously tomorrow we'll get to hear, you know, from another group, obviously some more uh, measurements, Charles Robinson uh, from Yahoo. Thank you. You are a damn godsend as far as pumping this out. And, uh, you know, some of these guys are absolute freakish humans. And then you got to get it, you know, the, uh, the anomaly of a guy who's six foot six, his arms are 35 inches long and his hands are less than nine inches. I mean, always some weird stuff that comes through all of this, but all part of the process. Uh, for Pete Smith, make sure you're checking out everything through SI.com. Pete and his team pumping it out, cranking out a ton of info over there. Brandon Little Pete, correct? That's the other name? There's... Uh, that's one of them. That's uh, there's him. There's Sean Stevenson. Uh, there's another one. If you ever actually write something that'll get out there that pe- some people are familiar with. Uh, in fact, Sean Stevenson is going to be uh, on this podcast probably Friday. So you've got that to look forward to. Okay. Well, thanks for the heads up. I guess I must have missed that email or DM, but that's fine. Um, no, as we can see, Enjoy. <laughs> Pete likes to put stuff right out onto the air. So make sure you're checking out everything over there, SI.com. If you read it, it comes from Pete and his team. Uh, and appreciate them, obviously, greatly for that. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself, at Locked on Browns, all lowercase. Uh, always follow back account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open everywhere. Um, look, guys, you know, something to put on the show, questions you got. Try to get to me early. Uh, you know, Hopefully to incorporate it in here a week like this is a little bit tougher. Um, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.